This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 7th, 2023. A work in progress, progress over perfection. Good morning, Connection Church. Isn't this just a glorious day to be part of God's kingdom? Yes. Oh my it goodness. Is. You're online. Good morning. Hope you're having a great day so far. Today, we're starting a new series called A Work in Progress. You know, you and me were created by God, each unique, one of a kind, and each of us, different point in our spiritual development. That is until we take our last breath. <laughs> Each of us is a work in progress, right? A work in progress. That's the title of this series, A Work in Progress. Today, we're going to be talking about progress over perfection. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for coming. Gosh, yesterday, it felt so good to be outside in the sunshine. Did you have fun yesterday? Today's another day. Spreading 30 bags of mulch. That we was did, exciting. 30 bags of mulch. It's surprising that we're standing up straight. But anyway, <laughs> we're delighted to be here with you this morning. And those of you online, we're delighted that you have joined us. Let's begin with prayer. For, wait a second. Before that, Andy and Carol, do we need to have some marriage counseling here? <laughs> Andy's sitting beside Carol. They're he's not giving together. Her sh- he's, he's rubbing her shoulders. It's a, it's a loving thing. Oh, you took his seat. All right. Well, you trump. Got it. Okay. They need some love. That's good. Just checking. Don't worry, everybody. I'm not going to call anybody else out. I just know them well enough. That's what she says anyway. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for bringing us together this morning for laughter, for family, for connection. Help us connect with you this morning. More and more, settle us in wherever we are so that we might hear your message found in Scripture and be changed and transformed by it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are talking about progress over perfection today. Winston Churchill, let's go back in history. He once said that perfection is the enemy of progress. Anybody heard that? Voltaire, who's um, a French Enlightenment writer, he's a historian, he's a philosopher. He once said, la perfection est l'ennemi du bien. Whoa. I haven't taken French since high school. I probably said it wrong. But that means perfection is the enemy of good. (laughs) These statements seem rather strange, though, when we first hear them. They're like, hmm, what's that all about? Don't we strive for perfection? Maybe not. Mark Twain, he put it like this. Continuous improvement is better than delayed perfection. Of course, he also said, don't put off uh, till tomorrow what you can do the day after tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love Mark Twain. Perfection is the enemy of the good. Who here knows what the Pareto principle is? Wow. I didn't either till I did this. Uh, 
How many know what the 80-20 rule is? That's what the Pareto principle is. The 80-20 rule, you know, 80% of the people uh, or 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That's not true in Connection Church, though. Absolutely not, no. And not many, many of you are involved in the ministry and the various ministries we do here. That's why CCC is the best church in the world. Yeah. It's you. 2020 can refer to a lot of things, how we spend our time, how, you know, it's 80-20 rule, 80% 80, 80 done by 20%. That, it's that last, uh, that last 20%, though. You ever had those projects at home where the last 20% just, just it's, I don't know why it's, maybe it's because when you finish and maybe it's not quite what you wanted to be, if you can always say, I'm still working on it. But sometimes that takes 80% of our time to do that 20% that remains, if, if it ever gets done, unfinished projects. Yeah, 80-20. So in an article in Real Business Newsletter, author Nancy Tom explains it like this. She says, the sooner you can shift your mindset from perfection and towards progress, the sooner you'll start to experience the results you've been waiting for. So we've heard from Winston Churchill, Mark Twain, Voltaire, and Nancy Tom. We're in church, right? So we probably should look at what the Bible says. That would make sense. And what do the scriptures say here? Philippians 1.6, New Living Translation. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God, who began a good work in you, each one of you, not some, not a few chosen, but each one of us, God begins a good work in. Interesting. It does not say a perfect work within you. Those of us who are tending toward that perfectionist thing, this is not what God says. It's beginning a good work in you. And God will continue his good work. Isn't that encouraging? God never gives up on that aspect of us. God continues to use us. God is constantly at work in our lives, giving us opportunities to improve, to be better, to, to sharpen uh, what's there until it's finally finished. And when are we finished? The day we take our last breath. We're never, ever done. The day that Christ returns. What a glorious day that will be. But until then... God continues to do a good work in each one of us. Mm. <clears throat> Progress over perfection. Uh, the, writing this message took me back to when I was in college, and I had a class, an education class, and part of that class was to do some mentoring. So I had a kid who was going to an alternative school there, an, an old plant in Newark, a portion of it had been converted into a school for this, uh, classes for this alternative school. And, and part of my mentoring involved uh, 
spelling, spelling words. And so this kid, I don't know how long the list is, 10, 15, 20 words, but anyway, the idea that they had in this place wasn't take the test, get an 85, move on. It was take the test, go over the ones you got wrong, take the test again, and you're going to keep taking this test until you achieved perfection. So I met with the, the student, gave him the test. I don't know what it was, but it was not perfection. Next week, you know, we studied, we went again, took the test. It was not perfection. <laughs> over and over. And we, I don't remember perfection ever being reached on this, on this, you know, on this test. And I'm sitting there going, why are we spending all this time on to try to get these one or two or three or whatever. I mean, we're going back 50 years now, but going back so long when we're not getting the perfection. The problem was we weren't making progress because we were so much spending so much time trying to achieve perfection. So Alan shared uh, Philippians later in that same letter the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. That's why it's called Philippians. And he says this in Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14. This is the New Living Translation. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Mm. And so Paul uses an interesting analogy here, the analogy of a race. He presses on toward perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed him. Paul hasn't yet taken hold of it, but on one thing he focuses, forgetting the past. Say forgetting the past. Forgetting the past. All right, we're going to let go of that past. He looks forward to what lies ahead, pressing on to reach the end of the race. And to receive the heavenly prize to which God is calling us through Jesus Christ. This is some kind of race, isn't it? I mean, he's racing for his life. Racing for his life. And he's looking ahead. That's the key. We look ahead. We don't look behind. Pressing toward the end of the race. I love the way the message puts that. At the end of it, of this passage, in the message uh, version of Scripture, it says, I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. There you go. So it's important to learn from our past, but not dwell there. To look toward the future. Paul says he has not reached perfection, but he hasn't gotten so bogged down in the idea of perfection that it has kept him from progressing forward toward that prize, keeping his eye on the prize. The idea of progressing actually draws him toward perfection. 
isn't that a, I think that's true for me. The idea of progressing like draws me to perfection, knowing that I will never attain perfection in the sense of Jesus Christ is the only perfection. But we can travel to try to take on and on and on the more and more and more likeness of God. That's what we're talking about. So the important thing here is looking ahead rather than behind. It's, it's about what's in the future, not what's in the past. It's the possibility of success that's coming, not the failure that has been. You know, when I get up in the morning, I have a choice as I look in the mirror. I could concentrate on all the woulda, shoulda, couldas, all my past shortcomings, failures, mistakes. I could focus on all the ways I've reached for perfection and come up short, all the ways I have let God, others, and myself down. how I've never, never, never quite been good enough. I could stand there and wonder, why do I even try? I'll never be perfect. I'll always fail. So a personal example is uh, one that I don't really like to talk about, but I share these things because it's, it's my life. And um, so I was told that I could not cut it in the nursing program at the University of Delaware. My dream, my calling, since I was just a little itty-bitty four-year-old, was to become a nurse. I had really good grades in high school, but I wasn't a good standardized test taker, so my SATs were average. And so when the UD advisor who I met with looked at She saw the grades, but she saw the standardized test. She said that I would not succeed. I mean, it just was like, oh, my gosh. So I had a choice. Was this advisor going to shatter my dream, take away the dream, or would I press on toward the goal? Well, I did receive my BSN four years later, so she was wrong, (laughs) but it reminds me, this particular example reminds me that we have a choice because all kinds of voices speak into our lives. It could be literal voices, it could be images, it could be things in culture, it could be on TV, it could be this, it could be that, and it could point out, like, make us feel like we aren't pretty enough, we're not thin enough, we're not smart enough, we're not this enough, we're not that enough. It could point out our shortcomings or we could just look to what God says in our life, which is, you are mine, you are my child, I've created you with a purpose and a plan and there's possibilities for such a bright future. So what's it going to be? So we don't really have on our own strength to press on through that one kind of life or the other. We don't have the strength on our own at all to press on. But through the Holy Spirit who comes in us when we say yes to Jesus, it's Holy Spirit strength that helps us get through those times, good times and bad times, challenging times, and um, the, the calm times. 
but depending dependence on the Holy Spirit, that's where we get our strength. Dr. Michelle Bankston is a neuropsychologist. That sounds impressive. Neuropsychologist. He's an international speaker and author, but she's also a Christian. She has a blog, and one week her title was Progress Not Perfection. Boy, that's, that's handy, isn't it? <laughs> Progress Not Perfection, four tips for a course correction. In the blog, she, she shared that God does not call us to perfection. She, she says even the biblical greats weren't perfect. Remember Moses, <laughs> Abraham, David, Peter, Mary Magdalene, Paul? God, God used them even in their imperfection, and God desires us to have basically a willing heart. She says it's about progress, not perfection. When you notice yourself focusing on the negative and wanting to give up because you've fallen short of your goal, instead of making all the excuses for what's going wrong, instead of placing the blame on other people, instead of looking around outside yourself for what was the cause of your failure, she, she suggests a redirect. And so she gives us four practical tips for this. Um, the first one is just take a, take a deep breath. I mean, sometimes we're, and it's like, just stop and breathe. Everybody take a deep breath. Don't yeah. fall asleep now. Just. just a breath. Just a breath. After we take a breath or two, assess the situation. But we need to assess the situation honestly. Because I might assess the situation the way I think it should be, or my standards or this. Assess it honestly. Be honest with yourself, what's going around. And then course correct the situation. Like your thoughts, your attitudes, like, okay, this isn't working. I'm going to do a little course correction. I have talked about a book a lot, Winning the War of Your Minds by Craig Rochelle. That is such a good book, and it helped me do a lot of course correction in my mind. So thoroughly, thoroughly recommend that book for course correction. And then she said, try again. Now, where I'm also going to say we need to pray through it all. That is in every single part of it, but try again. And remember, it's not about perfection. And this is like me talking to me because I want everything. I don't expect it from you, but I expect it from me. Like I want to do everything perfect. Don't, I don't want to let anybody down. I feel like I'm going to let somebody down if I'm not perfect in whatever I'm trying to execute. But that's not what God says. So we need to give ourselves grace give ourselves grace. I'm not saying make excuses either. I'm just saying be kind to yourself. Give yourself grace. What would it take for you to keep making progress? So John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, he talked a lot about God's grace. He talked about something called the prevenient grace. Prevenient means to come before. It's that grace that comes before we even know what's going on. <laughs> and he talked about justifying grace, and it's that point at which we stop saying no and start saying yes 
to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And then he talks about sanctifying grace, that grace of God through which we, we, starting at the time of justification, God draws us ever closer to being the person that God intended when God first thought of us. And then Wesley said this, he said, through this sanctifying grace, God draws us toward Christian perfection, which he described as a heart habitually filled with the love for God and neighbor, and as having the mind of Christ and walking as he walked. He didn't say perfection was never messing up again, not making the bed. It was these two things, um, uh, habitually filled with the love of God and neighbor, and having the mind of Christ and walking as he walked. Wesley, in that, in that sense, took seriously Matthew 5.48, where Jesus taught his disciples, be perfect, as he said perfect, therefore as your heavenly Father is perfect. Matthew 5.48, yeah. So, taking Wesley's aspect of what this looks like, we're talking about progress over perfection, but be perfect. Hmm. Jesus is sharing this as part of what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew, there's like a lot of script, there's a lot of chapters, three chapters on Sermon on the Mount. It, it gives us uh, the ways to live with God and with one another. That Sermon on the Mount likely took a couple days. It wasn't one big mega, mega sermon. And so he says, be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect, how can we be perfect? Looking at my Bible, there was some helps. You know, we all have study Bibles, and I was studying this scripture, and there were some helps. And I just want to share, it was so good. It says, how can we be perfect? Well, in character. In this life, we can't be flawless, but we can try to be as much like Christ as possible in our character. And in holiness, that's being devoted to Jesus in God's desires rather than our own. It's carrying love and mercy in the world. It's being holy, set apart, yet walking it out in faith. Another way is in maturity. We can't achieve Christ-like character and holy living all at once, but we grow into it. You know, we expect different behavior from a toddler than a teenager, than an adult. You know, there's maturity, and it's the same. God expects different behavior from us depending on our spiritual maturity. You know, when we know what we know, God expects us to live that out. And then in love, we can seek to love others as God loves us. Christ calls his disciples, that, that's each one of us, that's you and me, to rise above the mediocrity, to grow, to mature, to become more and more like him, to seek and to share God's love, God's, God's perfect love. Is perfection attainable in this life? Well, 
the closer and closer we get to Jesus, the more we reflect Jesus. And while we're, we never become like perfect like Christ, we can try to share God's perfect love to everyone that we meet. And then when we're in glory with Jesus, perfection comes. So what's that got to do with you and me? <laughs> well, it's important for us to remember that, that rural, moral, rural, moral flawlessness and sinlessness, they aren't a part of who we are, are they? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why we need Jesus Christ. You know, if we were perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus, would we? Jesus is the only one who lived a sinless, perfect life. He's the unblemished, sacrificial lamb. It's through his blood on the cross, uh, through him exchanging his life for ours, that, that we find salvation. Believing in him, inviting him into our lives, receiving him. That's what allows us to have eternal life as opposed to the eternal separation from God. It's Jesus' perfection and not ours that gives us eternal life. Every one of us is a work in progress. Every one of us. Jesus calls each one of us to move forward toward the perfection that Wesley talks about. But that's all about growing not becoming stagnant, but growing, getting, you know, trying to become more mature in our faith day by day, filled with love. And that can only happen through the grace of God. So the perfection that we talk about, it, it becomes possible. It's, it's not contrary to progress. It's not an either or. It's not a this or a that. It's possible when we get to know God more and more. When we, How do we do that? Well, it just doesn't come by osmosis. We've got to learn what God says in his word. We've got to read the word. We've got to have a relationship with him. And that's one reason why it's so important to be together on Sunday, this corporateness of worship it's such it's meant to be an encouragement to build each other up as we sing as we witness to one another as we you know show up and and then small group work or small group life or or study and devotion and prayer that's how we gain maturity and we grow in Christ and then claiming the victory that Jesus is in and through us and that Christ gets the victory in all of that. We need to turn from our past, set our eyes on the prize, and walk toward that. And the prize is that perfecting relationship with the perfect God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're a work in progress, but you're a pretty beautiful work, I must say. Perfection, or progress over perfection, but we're always working toward it by God's grace. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Amen?
Let's pray. Almighty God, we, we thank you for this scripture. It's a tough scripture. And it, it challenges us. And Lord, help us just keep walking toward you. And when we do that, you know, you're in us and you, you get deep into our cells, into our veins, into our lives. And then it's less of us and more of you. You are the one true and perfect God. We love you so much, Lord. Help us reflect who you are and whose we are. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.